Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition a delicious range of sumptuously smooth dark chocolate. Welcome back to the Women's Podcast. Today, we've decided to dedicate the episode to Gay Byrne, the legendary broadcaster who died on Monday, and specifically uh, to his impact on women in Ireland. Most of the listeners to his radio show were women. And he regularly made space for women on both the radio and on the Late Late Show over decades, allowing the voices of women to be amplified on topics such as divorce, sex, religion, contraception, feminism, the patriarchy. He allowed Ireland to see women in a way that challenged the pervasive traditional view of them in the 1970s and 1980s. Um, and we wanted to talk about that and pay tribute to him for that. And one of the many women who spoke about these issues on The Late Late Show was Anne-Marie Hurrahan, the brilliant journalist. I have to do the disclaimer that both of us are and were super fans of gay. We're both very sad this week. So to some degree, this is a bit of a gay burn love-in, but it's really much more than that. It's a look back at the part gay played in changing society, particularly for women in just allowing these important conversations to take place. I think we owe Gay Byrne an awful lot as women. And I hope after listening to this, if you didn't think so before, you might agree with me. I'm so delighted to be joined by Anne-Marie Hurrahan, who this week on Twitter has been having a bit of a resurgence for all her incredible, well, this incredible appearance she made on The Late Late Show back in the 80s. And Kieran DeLarge said, the debt we owe as a nation to the bravery, intellect and compassion of women like Anne-Marie Hurran is incalculable. And also, like me, Anne-Marie Hurran was a very big uh, Gayburn fan and someone who really appreciated him. And what we're going to talk about today is how gay, um, gave voice to women in Ireland when they weren't seen and heard in the way that we're so used to seeing now at a very different time in the 1980s and how he understood that these were really important conversations and also excellent telly, Anne-Marie. So we're going to have a great conversation about it. Tell us about, first of all, I mean, it's been circulating on Twitter all week, that appearance on The Late Late. Do you remember it? I think it's 86. I think it's 80, it might be 87. 87 and you're talking about AIDS and you're mm. talking about sex. Um, do you, what do you remember? What's your memories of it? Because it was quite intense. It was intense, but you have to remember that at that time we'd all been through the abortion referendum in '83. Now that was intense and extremely stressful for all sides. Um, and so I had been involved in uh, in the Women's Right to Choose group. You know, I, I knew lots of people who thought like this. Um, uh, including my own parents, including my best friends. Um, And I had 
gay friends. So, you know, there were actually quite a lot of people in Ireland who were pushing, pushing, pushing all the time, who knew that what was going on was wrong. Um, I can't remember how I actually got invited on it. I was a, like a young journalist, I think, on the Irish press at the time. Um, I don't know. I can't remember, unfortunately, who approached me or anything like that. But when you went on the late, late, it wasn't, funnily enough, well, first of all, it was also, you have to remember, the, the 80s and the early 80s were the end of a time where politics and protest was actually about meetings. So you had to get up on platforms. You had to st put your hand up and ask a question. So the meeting was a much more common phenomenon for everybody, whether you were in the audience or on the platform, than it is now, much more. Um, as far as television was concerned, I think I, I do think I was uh, I was nervous, but I felt I had to do it. I felt I had a kind of a sense of mission about it. It it wasn't like going on telly to be asked, you know, who's your who's your favorite writer or about yourself. In a way, it wasn't about me, so that kind of took the pressure off. And also, uh, I'm I'm writing about this uh, this weekend. It's because the late late was familiar. In a way, it was a lot less terrifying to go on because it wasn't like walking into a strange space. You knew the space. <laughs> so that it, you knew what happened. And so and therefore you were ready for whatever was going to happen. Uh, this is the famous late, late where a, a gay put a condom yeah. on a... What did he do it on a banana? Is it, was no, it he did, didn't he do it on his fingers? Oh, yeah. And, a, and the panellist, uh, <laughs> one of the panellists with me who was a former priest said, I didn't think you put it there. And <laughs> it was funny. So was we're funny. going to hear the clip of you going off on one, Amory, in the best possible sense where you're talking about sex in Ireland. And I think it's a really brilliant snapshot of where we were. So we'll listen to it and then we'll, we'll carry on. Anne-Marie, yes. I mean, no, the gloves are off now. I don't think that there, it is a small minority of people that is stopping uh, Irish children getting a proper sex education. That is absolute madness. That is completely untrue. What because they're not at everybody's fireside. They're not putting everybody's children to bed. The raw fact of the matter is that Irish people have this dual idea about sex, that on the one hand, if you plan it, you're a, har you're a harlot and you're heartless and you're disgusting and it's terribly mechanical. And on the other hand, if you get maggoty drunk and happen to fall into a cupboard with somebody, you're the best guy in the world because it's all an accident and you'd be gone when you go to the confession and it wasn't premeditated and that's okay. Now, the AIDS thing has ripped the cover off that. We have, s we have seen this country try and bury its head in the sand about the people it doesn't approve of. It doesn't approve of women who go to England for abortions, so we have the anti-abortion amendment. God only knows what sex education that gave primary school children with them watching violent, what I would consider the most violent pornography about abortion uh, in their own schools. Then we have the divorce referendum. We don't uh, approve of people uh, getting divorced, therefore we're going to completely ignore you. But AIDS, AIDS is the killer on this one. But Anne-Marie, you just put your finger on where we were at that time and the thing about it is, is that Gay Byrne wanted you on to, to do exactly that. And it's funny, I'm just looking at a quote. 
he was convinced all of these things, as you so rightly point out, were all about sex. You know, he says, I'm utterly convinced that the abortion referendum was about sex. The divorce referendum was about people wanting to have sex with other people. He really knew that this um, warped and repressed view about sex and sexuality was a key to unlocking a load of these subjects. Um, So what does it feel like hearing yourself back there? Well, uh, kind of embarrassing, (laughs) but um, the sheer... I don't know, the sheer arrogance of it, you know. Um, but it, but I knew what I was saying was true. Like, in a way, it, it didn't matter who said it. it. And it was said over and over again on The Late Late. And it was also, as you rightly point out, what Gay believed. Because he used to used a quote from Wellington uh, 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 in an interview with Keith Duggan, actually, in your newspaper, where... I'm paraphrasing where he said, the Irish are in permanent revolt against fact. (laughs) Now, Gay really agreed with that. And I do think it's true. And nowhere was that more. uh, It's not just about sex. It's about now. It's about the environment. It's about lots of different things. But Gay knew that in his bones. He knew that that was so. Um, and it's remarkable how consistently he provided space. Now, he wasn't, as you and I both know, he wasn't an activist. He wasn't nope. a politician. He wasn't a feminist. Um, he would describe himself always, as a, you know, sort of as a very ordinary little fella. But he provided the space partly probably mostly for showbiz yeah. reasons, you know, because this was... Box office. Absolutely. Um, and he, um, and therefore, just by what we would say now in sort of a hippie terms, just by holding that space, he facilitated extraordinary change. But I do think that he has to be given credit as well for being extraordinary, extraordinarily courageous because the pressure's on him, not on me, that young woman who went into the Late Late Show at nine o'clock and came out at half eleven, not on the guests, but on him, was phenomenal. From the art, from management and RTE, from the Catholic Church, from old friends ringing him up and saying, I'm very surprised and shocked, and a whole lot of stuff that we will never know about. Yeah. He had extraordinary guts just to keep on plugging. Yeah. And I also think that in terms of women and how women were treated, he really didn't have, there wasn't really a model for it in this country or even in other countries, actually. Um, you know, there was the whole Color Coes and Gas Housewife of the Year, which I really enjoyed, actually, <laughs> and was family uh, viewing the first <laughs> 10 times after that. it got. And he did the rosary. So and he did the rosary. <laughs> as well as all of that, yeah. where he was kind of like, the Huey Green, the kind of slick TV host with young with young women and with women and saying, what does your husband like for dinner? You know, but those are legitimate questions. Um, (laughs) But no one else that I know of actually took on equal pay for women, you know, thought that that was something that was worth devoting airtime to in a light entertainment slot. So talk to unmarried mothers who only got their allowance. They only got an unmarried mother's allowance, I think, in the mid-70s. Um, the traveller women. The traveller women. Nobody else actually thought that that was interesting. 
And this is where his curiosity came in. Because he thought, mm, I think it's interesting. Yeah. You know? Well, speaking of curiosity, people might be curious as to kind of the reaction to your lovely um, outburst there. And there was a man in the audience and he had a few things to say to you, Anne-Marie. According to the young lady there, we're supposed to send out our sons and daughters equipped with French letters. This is the answer to our solution. Where is compassion? Where is charity? Where, is those who, where are those who care and say we care sufficiently to care for those who have the disease? Yes. It's not sending them out with condoms or whatever term you like to use. That is not the answer. I understood and I grew up in a society where one was faithful. I grew up in a society where one did not have sex because one went to a dance or a kaley or whatever and didn't feel that it was necessary. One met a girl, one fell in love, one went home with her, one left her home, one acted decently, with dignity and with respect. And we seem gay to have thrown it out the bloody window. I think that is a sad, sad commentary. I mean, in a way, God love him. Yes, I, when I hear that, but I felt for him even at the time. Um, but I think, what happened that man? He was invited back at the at the... After the programme, anyone who contributed was invited back. Um, Into the green room yeah. to chat. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realise he did I that. Think, yeah, I think if you spoke from the audience who were invited back and you got a chat, well, he certainly was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, what happened that world that he had obeyed, said, he had obeyed so faithfully. He, and there were millions of people in Ireland like him who were obedient and did what they were told. And then reality came crashing through the door, whether it was the girl down the road who got pregnant or sexual abuse in school or whatever. And you just had to pretend. I mean, when you look back, and it was kind of like growing up in Stalinist Russia. There was so much that was just denied, denied, denied. And people, most of the time, did that with sincere hearts. You know, they did their best. Um, I know you felt for him at the time, but you were a little bit crosser. I just want to play your response <laughs> to him, which I just think is is wonderful. And I just feel, I have to say, Amory, like I know you said you had these conversations all the time and all your friends felt, but to be on The Late Late Show, which was the biggest stage you could possibly get in Ireland, and to be so eloquent and so passionate and nail it so well, I have to hand it to your, whatever age you were, self, 20-something self. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, would, I was 29 or 30, yeah. I think yeah. I was. And anyway, here you are talking back to that guy. Henry, the man is angry at you. Yes, I, under- I understand why you're angry. Uh, I, I think you were very uh, lucky to grow up in that kind of atmosphere where those kind of certainties were so strong and where uh, people were educated to be responsible towards each other and to care about each other and so on and so on. Look, you know, I'm certainly not saying give young people condoms and forget about them, give young people condoms and let them go out and sleep with, each, with anybody they like. I'm not saying that. Let's get away from the whole issue of condoms. We're going to have to educate young people, particularly young men, about being responsible about sex. Um, uh, And also, we we have to be able to say, before it was for the girls, the bottom line was, if you sleep around, you're going to get in trouble, you're going to be pregnant. Young men were totally ignored, and, you know, sex for them was something you got away with. Sex is something you get away with. You don't think this is true? I promise you it is true. I don't know, what you're, I don't know how far your experience, or back your experience goes, but I would respectfully suggest to you 
that 40 years ago it certainly was not true. It was an exception, and I would think that those of my age, my peers, would agree. So, where do you think all the illegitimate babies came from? Where do you think all those? Why do you think all those women went to England to have their babies in secret and, and have them adopted? Why do you think there were so many Irish babies being put? Your on rhetoric planes? will smother you if you're not careful. I mean, let's be reasonable about no, it. Not, not I don't think you're being logical. I, don't I, I may not be logical. logical, but I think I know what I'm talking about, and I think I'd know about the world that I grew up in just as well as what you would, and it's certainly the, 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 the norms which you are applying did not apply. I'm glad they didn't apply, and I'm very sorry that there has been a change. I think the problem there is that all our You know, tough. There has been a change. Tough. There has been a change. You Look, don't have to I, deal with it if you don't want to, but other people are going to have to deal with it, and you have no right to stop them. I have a right to express an opinion. Yes, you have. Yes, you have, sir. And you have done, yes, sir. sir. And we thank you for expressing your opinion. Uh, Marie, it's that bit where he says, I may not be logical, but I know what I'm talking about. I just, and he's talking about your rhetoric will smother you. You're just talking facts. I mean, you do have to, I do feel for him now through the film of decades, you know. Well, I, I, I was, I was angry at him. Of course I was. Um, but I'd seen too many television discussions and seen too many meetings in real life descend into slanging matches. And I'd seen other people dealing effectively with criticism. This criticism was coming all the time and and not often in such polite terms, I might say. So to a certain extent, we were hardened to that kind of um, exchange. And I also felt... I I feel it now. Ireland's obsession with respectability, absolute obsession with respectability um, at that time was overwhelming. And you can hear that in him. He's uh, he's very well spoken. He's very clear. Um, and behind I don't want to concentrate. Uh, he was one of millions and millions and millions of, of people, as I was, yeah. with different... There's nothing particularly special about either yeah. of us. The only reason we're talking about it is because it was on The Late Late Show. If it, late, had, late if it had been... Show. If it was on another television programme even, or radio programme, we wouldn't be talking about it at all. No, and we're talking about it because of Gay Byrne. Yeah. And let's return to him because um, he, as you said, and I think I wrote in my piece, held that space. I know it's a bit hippie, but I feel like he did because I feel like somebody called him a midwife of, of this as well. There was another way of describing it. But if you look at all the important issues for women in Ireland over the last few decades, gay was central to putting them there and allowing people to discuss them in sometimes a hot and heavy manner, sometimes, you know, civilised manner, but allowing people at home to hear things said out loud about women and about women's experiences that they'd never heard before. So if we take, for example, abortion, I was looking up, I've been doing a troll of YouTube trying to find, it's been lovely because I know we were both so, so fond of him as well. So it's been a hard few days. But um, I couldn't see much about abortion actually on it, but I presume those conversations did happen. But I did read a fact that Archie wouldn't allow a debate on abortion on the Late Late Show during the 1983 uh, referendum. And I sort of wonder if that had have happened how that might have changed people's but, minds at home. But maybe it did happen. Do you have any... No, I have no clear memory of a uh, debate on abortion in, in on the late, late in 83. But that doesn't mean that it didn't come up uh, 
with monotonous regularity on thing. And I, also, I could be wrong about that. I mean, I remember the um, I remember during the amendment um, to say uh, um, Michael people gathering around, disabled people gathering around and going into RT to oppose Michael Cleary because he'd said that abortion was anti-disabled people. I don't know if that was on the late late or not. He was certainly one of the entertaining uh, priests who were on all the time and they weren't shy about raising the issue of of abortion at all. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was true, that RT said no abortion. No, that is true. I've seen that. That was a, That's one of the comments uh, okay. that has come about. It, it, because it was so divisive and, the, uh, you know, the media was in ferment about it. Um, the, they, they didn't want... That was the interesting thing. They want... The RT authorities gave, they wanted viewers, but they didn't want controversy that was too heavy. And the word abortion was so loaded um, and the arguments were so bitter. Mm. Gay could have handled that. No, he could have. Uh, That's what I mean. Nobody ever suggested that that he couldn't. No. But I, 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 I can see why it was just one stormy episode that they didn't want to have. I do like to think in a parallel universe where that conversation and debate was allowed to happen, how that might change things, maybe. You never know. There is also a clip of Michael D, young Michael D, in the audience talking about abortion. I think it was after the referendum and talking about how people just don't have a clue about that subject and stuff. It's, It's very good. Let's move on to another thing because the thing is, this at a time was at a time when the women's movement was really burgeoning in Ireland and you were part of that as well um, and he made space for those people like so Nell McCafferty was such a familiar face on the late late I mean, from my childhood I remember I loved her ca- I loved the way she would sit and she'd be looking out at the audience you know she'd almost be turned away from gay she'd be addressing the audience and I think gay loved that because no better man for knowing that what was happening in that room on the late late was what was happening at home and if things weren't clicking in the room they weren't clicking at home and he was all about that but um she, she, they, he had, when the women's liberation movement first um, was put together with the likes of Marion Finucane and, and Nell, he had them on, like again, like you were saying earlier, he knew that was box office. And also he made stars of people. He made Nell a star. I mean, I w- walked down the street with Nell, it was like walking down the street with Mick Jagger, like people <laughs> saying, I love you. These men say, my dad loves you. And so on. And if you could... If you if if you could hold an audience like she could, Gay would let her at it. Yeah, you know he wasn't somebody someone like Parkinson. If the guests started talking to each other, he didn't like it, and he'd say, "No, you're here to talk to me." I've seen him do that, but Gay would let people run, and Nell was a new type of person, and she was she wasn't a new type of person, but she was a person who hadn't been on television. She was a radical feminist, but it was clothed in this sort of adorable exterior, you know, uh, and all, and she loved it. She loved that spotlight and that attention. Um, and there and therefore they were a marriage made in heaven in many ways, yeah. in, in a marriage made in television heaven. Yeah. Um, but also people like Mary Kenny were 
these were incredibly intelligent, articulate people. So, why, you know, they wouldn't be boring. They wouldn't no. let you down as a presenter. Yeah. They they deliver for you. And uh, speaking of Mary Kenny, because she was the one who went on when the contraceptive train, for listeners who don't remember, but I'm sure everyone has some inkling of it in 1971, the women went up to Belfast, they got uh, condoms and... Um, but they weren't actually pills. They were some headache tablets But because you couldn't get them without prescription. But they were making this symbolic gesture because the government had brought in this prohibition in in terms of contraception being imported. So they brought them down, arrived at Connolly Station on Amiens Street and Mary Kenny straight into the late, late. I mean, and that gay would have said, yes, let's have her on to talk about this. And that was huge at the time. Yeah, and Mary Moore wasn't on the contraceptive train even though she thought of it because she was in the labour ward having a baby. <laughs> That's right. It was all her idea. And she formerly um, of this parish. Formerly, um, indeed, formerly a maker of this parish. But she, um, yes, I mean, he was, in, I also think that he had, in a way, Gay wasn't a defensive thinker, if I could put it like that. So if he saw something happening, he said, yeah, she will give it a go. And he had, it wasn't a disaster if it didn't work. And of course, loads of things didn't work. So therefore, he had the mental space to give things a try and say, ah, she will give it a try. Sure. And and also there were 15, 16, 20, 30 other things on the late, late. Yeah. So that took the pressure off, off him. But you have to remember what a remarkable generation those those women were and they and this uh, to a large I mean they worked at night and day as well as having other jobs as well as having other children they were on fire about it there was a lot to be on fire Mm. about Um, and things like equal pay things like the marriage ban on civil service workers. Kathleen Watkins, Gay's own wife, had to give up her job in RTE to... to so when, Because, you know, she got married and like she often, she has said in the past that she could have ended up as a director of The Late Late Show if yeah. she hadn't had to give up her job. It's, she absolutely it's could. It's kind of yeah. amazing when you so think about it. So all of that, t- everyone was just kind of, I don't know what happened. Did Irish people just accept that? But he was looking all the time. He was on a permanent hunt for material And he was interested. I do think there is another thing that has to be said about the media, that women were continuity announcers on television, as Kathleen Watkins was, Um, you know, presented the afternoon programmes. Women were not at the centre of popular programming at that time, to to any great extent. Yeah, I mean, Marion Fanuka would have just been kind of coming into... At at this time, she was just coming in, but she was... You know, although there was a great deal of talent out there, she was really the first person, uh, uh, the first female. So even to see women on television was extremely, um, it was an, it was new. We didn't know it was new, if you know what I mean. But it, it was new to see women debating, arguing, fighting, fighting with gay um, was was very revolutionary. And actually, I looking at the memories, you know, the supplements and the programs and the late late look at the late late panel to remember gay one woman you know one woman on it look at the supplements it's all men 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 and you know i was one of two women writing in our own supplement i, I have to say sadly yeah. so um, with due respect it is still it is still a burning issue and gay got a lot of contempt for that he got a lot of you know 
of men saying, oh, he's not a man at all. Oh, he's only an old woman, all this kind of thing. But in fact, he was the future because well, he, he realised that females and the female territory of emotion and storytelling um, and being personal... That was ahead of his time. He in was that ahead way. of his time. But also and actually, it suited Irish people because we're very good at informality. We're very good at the personal. Exactly. The Irish Times Women's Podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition. Sumptuously smooth, dark chocolate. But the thing is, and really important to mention now, is that uh, behind Gay Byrne, um, mm-hmm. you know, people talk about behind every man, there's a great woman. Behind Gay Byrne in, in both The Late Late and his morning radio show was this amazing team of women. Yeah. And Deirdre Falvey is going to be writing about that in our paper today. And Jennifer O'Connell mm-hmm. has a piece coming up about gay as feminist, question mm-hmm. mark, because, you know, was he maybe a raving feminist? No, but certainly his actions mm-hmm. proved that I think he was. Um, and also Laura Kennedy is another woman who's going to be writing about him for us about the younger person's perspective, how you might think it wasn't culturally impactful, but actually when she was looking back, it it, it permeated her consciousness as well. Of course, but, it was people's childhood. People that, saying, that's it. You know, yeah. your, your mother listening to the Gay Burn radio show you knew you were off sick from school and you were completely safe. <laughs> know. You know. That's it, his voice is coming through. But that's the thing, just to say about that team of women behind who were writing scripts for yeah. him, who were coming up with the ideas. Yeah. I think a really good example of this is um, the Anne Lovett letters because, yeah. you know, there's a, there's, we'll talk of another, maybe perhaps misstep that people say gay made in relation mm. to women. That's Annie Murphy. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm. But another one I remember was, um, only from clips again, was when, when, Poor Anne Lovett died. I think he used to do this thing where he'd look at the headlines of the mm. papers oh. before the Every show morning. ended. You know, no, on the late late, he'd oh, actually the get the Sunday yeah, yeah, yeah. papers in when it was yeah, a Saturday yeah. night, and he, or whatever the papers were. And he he saw he made a throwaway comment about mm. nothing to see there about this woman who died in Granard in mm. in County Longford. So that's another thing that people you know skewer him for. But then he went on his radio show, and all these women knew that this was not this was not only about Anne Lovett. That there was women all over the country mm. who had got pregnant. As at a young age or who had been ostracised or who had, you know, all sorts of things that happened to them. And then all these letters were coming into the Gay Burn radio show with those experiences. And they did this extraordinary thing. I think it was a 55 minute show where a gay uh, and women on the show and some actors read out these letters. Mm-hmm. And that was to do with that female production team coming together and saying, we need to do something. And, and gay facilitating it and saying, yes, this is a good idea. Yes. And also... Um, I, I think that that was Lorelai Harris's idea. She was working on the show at the time. Um, I wasn't. Um, um, but also there were men there like John Cadden, who was Gay's radio producer, who allowed that to happen. So in a way, gay um, people gravitated towards gay who were much more radical and much more... Um, progressive than he was. And he was intelligent enough and progressive enough to know that that was a good thing, that it is good to have people who don't agree with you. It's good to have colleagues who are not like you. Um, and therefore, women, thr- you know, women thrived in that atmosphere, absolutely thrived. Yeah. Um, but gay was an interesting combination of that sort of a genuinely um, liberal attitude with sort of 
you know, the attitudes of the man of of the time himself. Like I remember him saying to our production team, we were talking about clothes and he's and we all looked terrible because we were up like we started work at eight o'clock in the morning. We were dressed basically in black, you know, 24 seven. And he said, would you not wear flesh colored tights? And like we were like, <laughs> oh, God. And he That's and so he funny. but he had that kind of klutzy thing about him as well I know, you know oh definitely and we have to mention it like at some point in, we're not trying to we're not trying to totally lionise Gay Byrne here but no. but I mean it cannot be denied what impact he had for women particularly in this country for men too for all of us but women particularly I think women felt they obviously women felt they could talk to Gay and he wouldn't laugh at them. He was the majority of their listeners. Let's th- let's face it on yeah. the radio show because everyone was at home doing yeah. the ironing and doing the bloody. But I think things. the time came where you know they were very substantial proportion of his contributors as yeah. well. They felt that they would not be ridiculed exactly, and that talking about a teenage pregnancy or talking about child abuse was serious and he would take them seriously actually yeah. I think that's really what it was yeah. that they wouldn't be told to make a cup of tea in the office mm. or anything like that really and those kind of things were invisible and, a and given. they were everywhere that's the way it was I mean he was there wasn't I don't think there was another man like him in Ireland would that be fair to say like he was very unusual as a man yes I think he was I mean I never met a man like him his brother Al was very like him yeah. in sort of in car, in ha, in mannerisms and so on but I never met anyone like him and in a way I think a genius is somebody who knows the tradition that they're coming from which Gay knew very well, and uses it to make something completely new, to change the vocabulary. And that's what he did. I don't see another broadcaster who who did that on this, anywhere in any other country. And actually, we should do a little uh, shout out to Gay's mother, because, who, who was an extraordinary influence on him. And, and Deirdre Purcell, who wrote Gay's mm-hmm. autobiography, uh, said... He spoke about his mother all the time and how his mother was fearless, daunting in some ways. And she instilled this incredible work ethic into all her children. And she was also the kindest person in the world. And I think that courage you described earlier, that fearlessness, was very much in gay, even though he was going to get it coming down the line, the belt of the crozier and all the things, he was still going to do it. Um, just before- And also he was a very beloved child, youngest child. Adored. He was his mother's doting. <laughs> and that gave gives him his inner security. I, well, yeah. I think it, it must have had something to yeah. do with it. We'll talk because um, we're going to have to finish it up now. We'll talk a little bit about Annie Murphy because that's the one that people say, well, he wasn't, you know, he, he did it wrong. He gave Annie Murphy a very tough interview. Um, he said at the end, well, if he, if as everyone knows, uh, Annie Murphy was the had uh, had a child with Bishop A. McCasey. This is a huge scandal back in the day. She went on The Late Late after she'd written a book about it and she got a terrible time. And Gay um, said to her at the end, well, if your son is anything, is half the man that Eamon Casey is, then, you know, he'll be fine. And uh, she said, I'm not so bad myself, Mr. Byrne. And she pretty much walked off the set because she'd been given a terrible time from people in the audience too, some really horrible contributors. Um and people say that that was a mistake by Gay. Um, well, it certainly was. It was a, one of his very rare mistakes. And the fact that we were so shocked by it shows how rare his mistakes were. Nevertheless, it was misogynistic. It was like a witch trial or something where the woman is the sinner and is exposed on television 
and asked extremely aggressive questions and called basically a liar um, by the contributors in the audience who were friends of Casey's, uh, where the man gets away scot-free and is a saint. And, and, and another parallel to that was Terry Keane going on after the revelations about her and very Charlie long Hoy. relationship with Charlie Hoy. Terry went on and got the aggression of the nation. Charlie Hawhey didn't go on, was never asked about it on television as far as I know. So that's a kind of a a trope that's in our society, I, I think. But the Annie Murphy thing was really shocking and really, really disheartening. And I don't think Gay ever said... Otherwise, really, there was no defence. It was a mistake. Yeah, I have read him saying he was fond of Annie Murphy and that um, I, 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 I'm sure I haven't heard, like I spoke to him about it in the past and I think he did feel, I'm not saying he said directly, but I think he accepted that probably yeah. wasn't the best. But I, I, I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying Annie Murphy, when she was asked about that interview, said she thought it was a fair interview, she expected it, but maybe that was her putting on a brave yeah. face about it. Um, I, I don't believe that she thought that. I mean, if you saw her, uh, if you saw her at the, during the interview, if she said that afterwards, I think she was trying to spin it yeah. into, uh, you know, something positive because she needed to do that. But um, I don't but think anyway, she thought But anyway, final it. word, Anne-Marie Hurhan, who has been on The Late Late Show with Gay, which <laughs> I never had, but I, I I, did love him, as I always used to tell him when I saw him. Um, just what, his legacy in terms of uh, how he's helped women in this country, what would you say? Well, first of all, lots of people a lot more interesting and deserving to be on The Late Late Show than me were on The Late Late Show. I was one of hundreds of thousands of people who must have appeared on The, on the Late Late Show. His legacy was extraordinary because it shifted the percept... Television is so powerful. It shifted how women were seen in Irish culture and perhaps even more importantly, it shifted how women thought of themselves, that they could be taken seriously, that injustices to them were of interest to other people, that what hurt them mattered. That is so big and so hard to measure that I think we're only coming to terms of that we kind of took it for granted what he did for women. Yeah and of course he was at home with three women his two daughters Cronin and Susie and Kathleen Watkins an extraordinary woman herself so I'm sure that all had an influence. Um, we're sad this week Anne-Marie yeah, Gay is being buried sad. tomorrow and um, we'll be at the funeral um, but I'm so glad Indeed. we had this conversation and put it out there about everything he did um, and he was just the most he was just a one-off, as everyone has been saying. There will never be anybody like him again. And I'd just like to say thank you, Gay. And I'm sure you would as well. Yes, I would like to say it. And I would like to say that very few people, when they look back on their lives, can have had such an impact on their country, on their culture, um, in the way that Gay Byrne could look back. He certainly could. Anne-Marie Huron, thank you very much. That's all we have time for. Uh, thanks very much to Anne-Marie Hurahan and again, thanks Gabo for all you did for Manana Heron. We won't see your like again. The podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, with JJ Vernon on sound. We'll talk to you next time.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.